Welcome to the Product Podcast, brought to you by Product School, the podcast where you get fresh insight from leaders at top tech companies and startups. Remember, you can learn product management in person at our 15 campuses worldwide or study with us online. Visit productschool.com to learn more about our courses. You can also hang out with the leaders from these podcasts at our hundreds of annual events and catch us at ProductCon, the world's largest PM conference that takes place every year across the United States and in London. Hi, everyone. Uh, thanks for taking the time to uh, attend my session. Uh, I wanted to thank the uh, wonderful folks at ProductCon. I know this is a little bit of a, a challenging uh, uh, way of interacting. I would have loved to meet all of you in person, but it uh, gives me a great chance to talk about a passionate subject of mine, which is uh, career development for product managers. Um, feel free to use the comments. Uh, I'd love to to know a little bit about where everyone's from, and uh, we'll, uh, we'll get started. Um, the the topic I chose today uh, is uh, really related to uh, one of the most common things I hear from the from the product managers I've encountered, which is, you know, how do you get to the next level? And and the way I describe it is, you know, how do you advance from you know many of you are managers today, and they're 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 not even clear on what does it mean to be a director or to get to that next level, and what is what is even vice president or chief product officer even means. Uh, and so what, what I, I wanted to use today's presentation to kind of talk through kind of what I've learned from these different levels and, and does it even make sense for people? Uh, is this in your desk? Is this your destiny? Is this the next step in your career? And maybe you can take a moment uh, uh, if you're watching and, and just think through kind of what is your, your career path over the next five and 10 years? We get oftentimes so focused on what's next, uh, what's promotion look like, what's the right level? Uh, am I at the right company? But I think if you kind of think through maybe five years or 10 years from now, and then think about, well, is the steps and changes that I'm making in the next few years leading me to that uh, destination, that's really a career plan. And you want your next step to fit into that sort of long-term plan. And oftentimes that does mean, oh, well, I aspire to be an executive. And, and, and my hope is that, you know, there are different executives at different companies, but I do think that there's some common patterns I've seen between directors, vice president, and chief product officer. And, you know, hopefully we'll be able to explain kind of what your boss is doing and what their boss is doing and what those skills look like. Um, now, I know there's a lot of information here and I'll try to distill it down, but uh, I did publish an article on Medium, uh, on my Medium that you can go to, just as my first name, Nikkel, um, on Medium, and, and you can kind of read a little bit of the, the notes that, that are going to be presented here today. So, um, you know, I wanted to introduce myself. My name is Nikkel Singhal. Uh, I uh, have been in kind of the tech industry for about 20 years. I live in the Bay Area, and I'm coming to you from my basement, <laughs> and so uh, I wish I could get a chance to see each and every one of you. Um, my kind of career uh, is sort of shaped into two kind of chapters. Uh, my first chapter uh, leaving school was really focused on startups. Uh, it was the mid-90s and the internet was just getting born. And so I really wanted to, to enjoy, um, you know, the, the sort of founding type adventure. And so I, I joined a company. Um, I founded an early dot-com and then eventually became a co-founder of, of two uh, companies. One uh, that I was a CEO of, which was Cast Iron systems, which was in the enterprise uh, side of the world. And, and that 
was eventually acquired by IBM. And then I, I went on to do the same thing again at a company called Say Now, very different kind of a voice Twitter, if you will. Um, and, and that company was acquired by Google. And that really started the second chapter of my career. Uh, that chapter was really three executive roles in product management. One uh, where I led uh, two new initiatives on the product side, uh, Hangouts and Photos. Um, and then I was after four years at Google, I, I made a, a four-year uh, change to Credit Karma, which was um, a hyper-growth company. It had about 200 people when I joined. Uh, I was the product leader uh, for the organization uh, and and kind of built out the product management team and expanded the product lines from kind of one free credit score to a number of, of different products. Uh, you know, our goal was to kind of become the sort of money button on the phone, if you will. And that, um, that led to a team of around uh, 75 people uh, in both product and design. And, uh, uh, you know, the company was about 1,200 when I left. So we went through a nice kind of growth spurt. Um, and then uh, in December of this past year, so about six months ago, I ended up joining Facebook uh, to lead uh, the, the Facebook app's newsfeed. Um, and so part of the reason I, I thought this would be a good topic for me to choose uh, is that, you know, we do see, um, you know, a, and I get a chance to really interact with lots and lots of product managers uh, like yourselves. And, um, you know, because I've worked with them, managed them, learned from them, and then I end up coaching a lot of them as one of my kind of hobbies, um, I, I hear this constant, like, well, how did I, how do you get to director? How do you get to this sort of VP or, or chief product officer? And because I held the roles at different scales, I thought it would be worth kind of sharing kind of what I've learned. Um, well, so before we get started, I, I think these titles can be kind of confusing. And so I do want to normalize as much as possible. And um, I'll start by saying that product management means lots of things to lots of different people and it changes a lot depending on the company you're in. But um, the, the primary thing that I would note is that product management um, gets more complex the more products that are, the company has and the more people that are involved in it. If you look at um, the, the, the sort of the generations of companies that go by, companies start out trying to find product fit. That's that drunken walk stage. Then they find something that works and they kind of make sure it doesn't go out. You know, it's like everyone's standing around the fire hoping that the smoke starts to stay as a small uh, uh, burn. And then when they get to hyper growth, you know, it's like gasoline's getting thrown on a company's really, really uh, building value. And then when you have to scale, you're kind of the market leader. And so I like this because it has a lot to do with the different types of product management that exists at these different phases. And I've written about this in the past. Um, but what I would say is that, you know, if you were to sort of, say, you know, come to me and say that, oh, you know, I got this director role at this series A company, and then I'm trying to choose between between that and a director role at a company like a Facebook or Google, I mean, those are just very different. They're apples to oranges comparison. So in this article or in this discussion, what I really wanted to do is to kind of narrow it down and sort of say, well, you know, titles don't really mean anything when you're comparing across different phases. Uh, in fact, a VP at a late stage company like a Google is probably, um, very different than a VP at a hypergrowth. So, uh, you know, to make things simple, uh, VP at a hypergrowth company, you know, these are the companies like the Slacks and the Pinterest and the Ubers of the past. You know, those companies look a lot like directors at scale because they are end up doing some of the same types of things and their even compensation tends to be pretty consistent. So for the titling purposes in today's discussion and when I refer to director, VP, CPO, I'm really kind of heading towards the sort of later stage companies and that way we can kind of compare and you can do your own translation as we go through this. Um, 
Now, there are four areas that I want to kind of touch on when I think about the distinctions between these roles. One is probably the easiest, which is scope. Then there's like, how do you build this sort of trust and collaboration skills? Um, what does it take to build a team? And lastly, what does it mean to kind of focus on strategy? You know, all product managers end up having to think through these areas, but I pulled these four out because they're just so different and they beg different skills to come uh, from, from the candidates. Okay, so I'll start with product scope. Um, this one's probably, as I said, the easiest to understand. Um, product scope for me is, you know, starts out as director. You know, I'm assuming that most of you are kind of at that senior IC or management level. You know, your director is probably your boss and um, or perhaps your boss's boss, depending on where you are in career. And that director usually owns a pretty well-defined area of the product. Um, and so they're almost like the quote unquote CEO of a well-defined product that exists in the marketplace. Uh, you know, for me uh, personally, that was um, owning kind of this new product called Hangouts um, and, and then the product that we now call Photos. Those were well-defined areas and, and directors are typically in charge of those arenas unless they're very, very large. Um, so that's the sort of starting point for, um, for scope, if you will. When you become a VP, you're essentially collecting a series of these together. So you own this suite of products or a complete product line. So the newsfeed, if you think about the, your Facebook app, it's got a bunch of products that are embedded in it. Stories is an example of that. Commenting is an example of that. How postings are created. They're all big product areas that sit inside of this sort of product line that a vice president would own. And then uh, a chief product officer usually does not have another peer in product. So usually they're in charge of the entire set of company products. And that is my experience when I was um, owning the product line at Credit Karma. Now, the, the main thing that I want everyone to take away from this is that, you know, in order to get this additional breadth, it's a little bit like climbing up the mountain. So I like this analogy because it illustrates things the, pretty nicely. Like when you're at the bottom of a, a, a mountain, you know, at that valley, if you will, you know, you're really clear on what's on the ground. You can see exactly every detail. And then what happens when you get promoted or you move to, say, a VP or a director, you start going up. And, and scaling that landscape to the point that eventually you're at this top. Now, what you end up realizing is that as a VP or as a CPO, you just see a lot more of what's going on with a lot less detail. And so the skill to master is how do you achieve this breadth with, uh, by sacrificing depth. Where people struggle is that they don't necessarily have the skill to let go and sort of make decisions with less information. And when you're in that stage, you end up finding yourself working harder and harder and harder. And so where you end up burning out is at that director and VP where you just literally cannot continue to go forward because you don't know how to give up and use say 20% of the information to make 100 percent of a decision. And so that's the thing that though scope is sort of the most obvious as you see people have more and more of it. The skill that you have to master is the ability to sacrifice your depth. And what's hard is that what's gotten you here is your ability to master the details. You know every detail. You know exactly the things that are coming in the next release, exactly why the design is the way it is, why that 
technical challenges are the way they are and what the constraints are and what's coming. And when you have more, you just can't have that unless you just work all the time and never sleep. And that'll eventually burn you out. So this is the skill that I find. And it's the one of the more telling skills to determine how refined is the skill, how a bit, much ability to make decisions with low information really dictates how far someone can go up the ladder. Okay, trust and collaboration is related to this. And so I, I use this because I like the notion that, um, that, that, you know, product management, one of the things I love about it is it's a collaborative, it's a team sport, if you will, it's a collaborative field, right? And yet the focus of who you have to build trust with changes dramatically depending on your level. So when you're a director, your goal is to focus inward on your own product team as much as possible. You're really measured on this ability to trust that team so you make those decisions with less information. And again, that delegation and it's around your inward team, which is the skill, but which we which we noted before. But as a VP, for the first time, you're actually spending as much time talking to other leaders and other products as you are with your own team. So it's a pretty distinct, um, shall we call it, uh, point of uh, focal focus is that when now you're essentially saying is that I not only need to make sure that the product below me is working, but I have to make sure that the other teams are actually understanding what we're doing. And, and oftentimes I'm working with those other teams as much as, uh, as much as my own team. Team, and I'm measured on my ability to peer with another person who's at my level. And so that's a different type of work. And often the people that are in those other arenas, though they're product people, they perhaps have totally different ways of working. They have different cultures. They have different ways of building. I mean, certainly when we see, uh, you know, at, at, at the, the Facebook as a family, you know, we have um, uh, lots of partnership at my level, at the VP level with Instagram or with WhatsApp. And we're trying to understand how do we work together and partner together as much as possible. And in that process of working across, you have to understand that these teams have been built from different people people, they have different cultures, they have different sizes, they have different processes. And so the skill is less trying to make sure that you're pulling back and giving the right amount of space to your team. It's really about understanding how to work kind of in partnership with other product areas, which run similarly, but differently. And lastly, when you become a CPO, the most interesting part of that being a CPO is that your peers in this sense are actually not even product folks. And they're actually other C-level executives like person that leads sales or marketing or HR or finance or legal. And, and, and that partnership means that they are not at all brought up in your same value system and perhaps the same expertise and background background. They may not even be from tech. They may be completely different types of, of, uh, of, of leaders and mindsets. And their teams are going to be run very differently. And yet, you're measured not only on how well you build your own product, but how well you can work with those ex executives who are 
quite different than you. And most people would say, well, that's normal. When you get to a, a, a senior level, your peers are no longer in your own function. But the difference is that in product, everybody has an opinion on product. I think you've probably noticed that as a product manager, but boy, everyone not only has an opinion, but they have a tightly held opinion on how the product works because it has a huge impact on how they do their job, which is not the case in reverse. You may not have a tightly held opinion on how finance works or how the sales team works or what marketing does. But believe me, they probably don't reciprocate. They do have a point of view. And so your challenge is that you have to set expectations that are realistic and do that and do that teaching what and knowing that the person doesn't come from your background and is not an expert in product. And so that process, that collaboration is necessary. But boy, is it a totally different, sometimes even exhausting skill compared to working with peers who do come from product, but may run different styles of groups and organizations versus your own team who report to you, who actually are just essentially trying to build product in the same direction as you're guiding them. Okay, so hopefully that makes sense. Feel free to leave comments if it doesn't. But I think that the, um, the distinction here is so significant because of the level and who you have to partner with and build that trust with. Okay, the next area is around team. And again, we've touched a little bit about this, but you'll, you'll start to understand how distinct the skills are as you climb the ladder, so to speak. So, you know, as a director, your goal is, of course, to influence the people that are in your team, the ICs and managers. Most directors have managers, which then have small teams underneath them. And, you know, most uh, directors honestly also have a few ICs that are senior that report to them, right? That's a, that's a traditional model, certainly at scale. Uh, and this is, by the way, why it's cl closer to how VPs work in slightly smaller companies, because the size of team in this case is, you know, usually half a dozen, a dozen, maybe even as many as 20 people, uh, which is a, usually the product size, uh, you know, uh, you split across two or three groups at, in a hyperscale. So the, the goal, um, and, and this is something that I talk pretty openly about with my own team, is that, you know, when you're a manager, your goal is to teach product management to the people underneath you and the ICs in particular. When you're a director, you have to have a mindset shift of not just teaching product management to your ICs, but you have to learn how to teach management to your managers. And often the skill is radically different. And again, it has a little bit to do with letting go and gripping the steering wheel at just the right level of strength so that the, the, the manager can kind of continue to keep it in motion under some guidance. But the challenge here is that it's not just an, it's not teaching product management, it's actually teaching management. And that means you're telling people how to career grow the people underneath them, how to run meetings, how to uh, understand career and teach that, how to work on things like comp and calibration and promotions. This process of kind of teaching a totally new skill is a big uh, change between manager and director. Now, as you move to VP, you of course have now directors that are underneath you. And many directors have that sort of CEO mindset. So they're quite capable of even running small or maybe even medium-sized companies. So again, you're in a complete change where it's not teaching management, 
It's really recruiting and building up executives. And you now think about your team as a whole. You're looking at the identity of the team and you're thinking, well, it's my, I may have two directors who are strong in this area, but I need to go off and build something new. You know, I'll give you an example. I was in a product team once where I joined and the team was really good at execution, but they weren't in a position to go build new things because they were so good at executing and incrementing and growing what's working, they just didn't have the skill to go out and create something new. Now, it doesn't mean that anything has gone bad. It's just that as a VP in this example, my interest is now adding new skills to the team so that both things exist. The ability to continue to increment and grow and scale and the ability to have this new type of skill that was missing. Now, in addition, I would say that you also have to diversify the team in terms of makeup. Sometimes it's not just, uh, you know, the same style of people have been maybe being recruited. And now your goal is to go in and say, well, maybe I need uh, folks that are more creative, that have um, maybe a less tenure because we want new ideas. Perhaps the team has been very data and analytical. And so we've only gotten one style of mindset in the team. Perhaps you end up like looking at the gender of your team and saying, well, we've mostly male or we're mostly female, or we realize that we haven't really uh, matched the customer base where our customers are much more broad in nature, but we tend to have only one type of, 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 of product manager. And so you need to diversify the identity of the team, but you also need to do that through recruiting and retaining the executives that, that exist and understand the process. Here you are actually setting how reviews are done. You're setting what is the currency of value? Is it a metric? Is it, a, uh, is it entrepreneurship? Is it, um, uh, what is the quality of things like communication? So VPs have a lot of distinction because they're setting how product management is done in their area as well as shaping the team. Now, when you get to CPO, it's more of the same, but you're now looking at the entire company's culture and you might be saddled with being measured on, well, did you end up introducing and innovating in new products? So your VPs need to bring this innovation notion. Your process needs to scale across the entire company and the skills in which you need to bring in may need to be totally new to the company as a whole. And so what I feel like is that you start out teaching management management and then you end up thinking through how to recruit a diversified set of executives. And then you do a diagnosis on the holes that are missing in the organization and really thoughtfully end up working through those. Okay. And the last area that, um, that I'll touch on is around strategy. Strategy comes up a lot. Everyone says that, hey, once you become a director, your goal is to avoid just execution. You have to now point where we're going, right? As a manager, you're oftentimes chartered on building something that, that is a well-understood direction, but it's which features now, what resources do you put in it? And then what's the sequence? I push on this a lot, which is lots of times people are clear as a director of 
here's what good looks like in a year, but they don't have the next quarter and the plan of where they go and how they scale that mountain. So I, I really like the notion of sequencing as well as direction for directors. I think that for VPs, on the other hand, it's a little bit trickier. With VPs, you really are trying to now represent the, the uh, consistency and con uh, cohesiveness of the whole product line. And so just as I said, you're now working cross with other VPs and other organizations. But often if you just nail your product area, then when people, your customers look at your product, they see like one VP's product is in one tab. One VP's products in another tab, one VP's products in another tab, and they're like, well, I don't understand how this meets my needs. So your, your vice presidents need to work through and say, hey, we need to partner up to make sure that complicated projects that may need to be delivered across many, many, many different groups actually make progress. It could be things like technical platforms. It could be one common customer view. It could be a complex integration on the front page of your product. But generally, these silos actually really get in the way of making the product work. But if you just have your directors nail their individual areas, you'll get this sort of patchwork of products. Now, as a CPO, your job is actually much more on vision. So the strategy is less around cohesiveness of the product line, more around what's happening tomorrow. And a lot of times it's the storytelling and the narrative that needs to be A plus here. You're oftentimes your board, your founders, your CEO have had a strong point of view on where the company will go in three, five years. But that won't just be a product vision, that'll be a company vision. And then you're gonna have your directors who are really clear on their roadmaps, why they're achieving what they want, your VPs connecting all of the dots, and your CPO is left with, well, I know where the product's gonna go and say the next six to 12 months, and I see what the vision of the company is, and my strategy is to storytell how these two things connect. How will the product get there? And then how will the changes I'm making in the product team ultimately land and end up as a uh, as, as, as the team to get to that strategy and vision. So it's that product team story as well as the product story, which lends itself to that vision. Okay, well, this has been a quick 30-minute uh, chat around how I think about career. I do think that um, the skills are super different between directors, VPs, and CPOs. And maybe the most important lesson is that not everyone will be capable of getting to these levels. But more importantly, not everyone loves the actual practice of explaining to the head of marketing exactly how product works or teaching management versus just getting it and building it themselves or working through strategy and vision and trying to connect between these two relatively fixed targets or career shaping other individuals. I think that this is one of the areas that I would ask you to think about is as you look at the skills that I've laid out here, think through how much of that is connected to your current skills? How much of that is connected to your definition of joy? How much of that is essentially available in one or three or five years? And that should help you understand what's the job like for that boss? What's the job like for the boss's boss? And ultimately, how do you build 
a long-term career plan. So it's been a real pleasure to, to, to virtually connect with all of you here at ProductCon. I wish you the best of luck in your careers. Check out the article on Medium because it, it has some of them a little bit more detail. And I look forward to, uh, to seeing more of you. Thank you so much. Bye-bye. Thank you for listening to The Product Podcast. If you like this episode, don't forget to leave a review on iTunes. For more product insights, head over to productschool.com.